welcome guys and gals to the Man Talks podcast. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. This podcast brings together the best thought leaders, teachers, and extraordinary individuals to teach and mentor you on how to be a top performer in life, love, and business. Imagine having experienced mentors with decades of wisdom delivered right to your ears. On this podcast, we talk about purpose, legacy, influence, love, sex, success, and so much more. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe, and join the thousands of other changemakers in our community on Facebook or go to www.mantalks.com. Now, before I dive into this incredible interview today and uh, let you know who I'm bringing on, I just want to give a reminder and a shout out to all the guys out there. We've built a community on Facebook. It's called the Man Talks Community. It's for guys to go in and have conversations, share resources, share insight, and to really support one another all around North America. It's free, obviously. Uh, Right now, we've got about 600 guys in there from all over North America. So if you're tuning into this, I would encourage you to check that out. There's some incredible people in there. Some great resources get shared. And if you are wanting to develop yourself, your business, your family, your wealth, your health, whatever you're looking to develop, there are some great stuff in there. Uh, So I would definitely go check that out again on Facebook. It's called The Man Talks Community, and there are some incredible people in there. So with that out of the way, I would like to introduce our guest today. And our guest, his name is Jarrett Grossman. Now, Jarrett has an incredible, incredible background. He is the co-founder of Muscle Prodigy and the founder of Jarby. He's a serial entrepreneur who has basically transformed thousands of lives around the globe with his famous 365 video series, which was originally aired on YouTube. So whether you're a doctor, a small, large business owner, a salesperson, college student, or anyone in between, Jarrett has experience with individuals just like you. And basically, he works on on world-class performers. So that sounds a little ambiguous. I'm going to break it down a little bit more for you. Basically, Jarrett has built a program for fitness. So we're going to talk about fitness. And he focuses a lot on mindset. So those are the two main components that we talk about today. We're going to dive into fitness, some of the best routines that you can have. Jarrett shares some insight on his program, MP45, which is all over the place. I mean, Jared has a huge, huge following. He's got a couple million people on Facebook that follow him. He's also got a massive YouTube channel where he shares some some routines and some uh, best practices for exercises. And then we dive into the mindset behind routines, the mindset behind good health and good productivity. So get ready because this is heavy hitting, fast action, it might be one of those podcasts that you want to listen to twice because he's got a lot of really helpful information. And without any further delay, I'd like to bring on Jarrett Grossman. All right, Jarrett, thank you so much for joining me on the Man Talks podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Connor. Love your show. Big fan. Awesome, brother. Thank you. So uh, we're going to kick things off today. I know that you have an incredible background. So I'm curious to know, what is a defining moment in your life that has made you who you are today? Yeah, for sure. So I was in the eighth grade. I was about 90 pounds, really skinny, about the third smallest kid in the grade. And I used to get picked on, bullied. And there was a kid actually younger than me. And we were at the Boys and Girls Club. And uh we were gotten to a little argument. We went outside. And then all of a sudden, a swarm of kids 
swarmed around us and were yelling, fight, fight, fight. And uh, I lost that fight. I realized that I had to hit the weights and I did. My childhood friend brought me into the gym and we worked out together and I took up wrestling. Wasn't very good the first year I took it up, but I had this insatiable hunger after that and doubled my body weight, got up to about 200 pounds, lowered my body fat down to about 6%, became a three-time All-American wrestler. So that was really a catalyst for me to just understand that I can't live like that anymore. And I want to avoid as much pain as possible and seek as much pleasure as possible. So that was really a defining moment. Nice, man. Nice. I feel like that's very relatable for a lot of people growing up, especially, I mean, you grew up on, I think you said Long Island, right? Yeah, Long Island, North Shore, Oyster Bay. So small community, small school, everybody knows everybody's business kind of thing. But uh, it was awesome. Nice, nice, man. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, your journey into fitness and because you do some incredible things. I mean, it looks like you're a, you're a man of, of many talents and, and you really focus in on, on fitness a lot, but you also really focus in on the mindset. And even on your site, you know, it says change your mindset, change your life. Why do you feel like mindset is so important? Yeah, so I recognized that if you don't like something in life, you've got to change it, right? And the quickest way to change something I found was physiology in your body and fitness. You could see measurable results just with the human eye. There's a major transformation that takes place within your body if you approach it the right way. And you see that on a visceral level and something connects that and then you realize, well, what else can I change? Maybe I want to change my finances, my relationships, my emotions, being able to master them. And you get to heightened, heightened levels of thinking. And then the more you analyze and study people, you recognize that there's no accidents in terms of why somebody is successful and why somebody is not, you realize that there was an intricate thought process involved that we are often removed from. It isn't until you start digging deep and you're asking people you know, certain questions that tip off in terms of what's going on in their mind, and then you realize that there's a psychology at play that you want to tap into and extract the useful and discard the useless from absolutely everybody that you come across in terms of what they're doing well. And you want to take in and soak up as much as possible so that you can implement those same rituals, habits. And we may not call them rituals, but every time if you're checking your phone, every time you get a text message uh, or you check Facebook, every time you get to the office, these are rituals that you then adapt and it becomes more ingrained and ingrained in your nervous system to the point where you can't even break free from that. Uh, so for me, it's always about consciously choosing every aspect of my life. And that journey started in the fitness space and teaching others fitness. What I realized was that giving people the strategy was great, but what was more important was their psychology in terms of how they were going to approach that strategy. Most people they can have the greatest plan in the world, but if their mindset isn't right, they're not going to stick to it. And so it was really just understanding people and their limiting beliefs that they have, the story that's attached to that based on what happened in the past. They were beat down by something. They don't believe that something is possible for them in the future. And it isn't until you really decipher what that story is and you get them to change in change it to a new story and realize that there's a second chapter here, then it gives them the ambition, the belief, and that is the catalyst for how you can actually take that strategy and create a different life for yourself. Mm, yeah, very cool, man. Very cool. And so in terms of physical fitness, because I think this is something that we often 
maybe miss out on as we're, we're so focused in on, you know, getting the results and having the better abs and, and, you know, being able to squat more and that kind of stuff. What types of tools can you give to people to help them improve their mindset to get better results in their fitness? Yeah, so I think you touched on something really important was that the surface level wants that people want in terms of better abs or whatnot. You get to a point where once you get those abs, you're going to realize that that's not the end game, that there's much more or whatnot, but it's a catalyst for you. And what you're really after is a foundational need this primal need to be able to take care of your body so ultimately you can do more meaningful work and give back and be more so that you could give more to others essentially that's the real name of the game uh but tools most people have the hardest time just getting started in something and if there's any sense that i'm giving up a part of my life for this then you're going to experience massive pain in the brain and you won't even take action. So it's about really shifting that to understand that this is more pleasurable. This will create a better life for yourself. So you need to break down those barriers. And one of the biggest one is the idea that you have to give up the foods that you love. So if there's any deprivation in the diet, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You could push yourself all day long with motivation. At some point, the push will give out. You can't sprint forever. So you got to get pulled by something. So something that I really recommend is to go inward and really tap into a visual blueprint of what you look like in the future. You might have had glimpses of this in the past that just keep popping up. It's like a recurring image. It might be fuzzy. It might be gray. And what you want to do, Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about his greatest gift was visualization. And he saw himself on stage winning the Mr. Olympia trophy, and he saw the crowd screaming, Arnold, Arnold. And what you want to do is tap into that on a conscious level, what he did unconsciously, subconsciously. So that means really bringing color to this idea, this visualization you have, uh, adding scenes to it. So it's not just a still image, but it's actually a movie. And you'll notice that anything in life when we're demotivated to do something, it feels like a weight on our head. And it's a dark image usually, and it's a still image, and it's almost framed off like a TV screen. And everything that we're motivated to do, it's a much different experience that goes off in the mind. There's lots of color. It's probably a movie, not a still image. It's frameless. You're in the experience. You're not looking at yourself at a third party. Right. So what you want to do is consciously do these techniques and all of a sudden you got more motivation to do something and you tap into what I call pull motivation as opposed to push motivation. And once you get bit by that bug, now it's effortless. Like Arnold said, it wasn't him pushing himself to eat broccoli every day. It wasn't pushing himself to go to failure. You're going to want to do it because you feel like it's part of your destiny. And if you could find something that is part of your destiny, like you feel like this is an innate calling, then it's going to feel effortless for you. It's going to be a place that gives you energy as opposed to drains you of your energy. And that's a place that you want to live in. Nice, man. That's so on, so on point. I think that, you know, so many guys struggle with this ability to tap into exactly what you're just talking about. So, you know, on, on your, on your side, some of the stuff that you talk about is really focusing in on proper strategy you know, and, and creating the action plan. And we've kind of touched on this before on the podcast, but, you know, I, I'd be curious to see what your perspective is on things like routines and rituals, because so many people are trying to find that be all end all routine or ritual that's going to help them like hack 
into their best body or their best health possible. What's your take on routines and, and rituals? Okay, great topic. So you got to play somebody else's music before you can start generating your own music. So that means, you know, you take up guitar, you got to start playing Led Zeppelin before you're going to start creating musical notes and something that sounds really great. So at first, you're going to have to usually adopt other people's rituals and routines. And I did this for a variety of my life was get into a peak state in the morning, something like Tony Robbins as, as his morning ritual and so forth. But then you become a slave to that ritual. And that's not a place of consciously choosing it. Then you're just doing it because somebody else told you that it was really good and this gets you pumped up and whatnot. you got to find your own. And that comes from a place of just organically being. I'm more of an intuitive guy. Uh, and what I realize is that micro plans are very good. Macro plans, like Mike Tyson said, everybody got his plan until you get punched in the mouth. So, you know, what I used to do for my training when I was training and competing uh, at the collegiate level in wrestling is very different than what I do now. My body cannot do what I did back then. That's just the way that the body works, age works, and so forth. So you have to go with the flow on a macro level. You can have micro plans, but in terms of your rituals, what I really recommend is that there's a source of stress in your life. Find out what that is. This is causing you the most pain in your life. So it could be you hate the way that you look at, uh, in the mirror, for instance. It could be your finances are really struggling. It could be the relationship needs a lot of work. Find out what that is, and that should be the first thing that you attack in the morning when you have the most energy. So attack the source of stress in the morning, and then work your way backward. You know, something that I walk my clients through is sort of a wheel to really dissect and understand where they are deficient. While you do want to focus on your, your strengths on a micro level in terms of your career, you got to do what you're skilled at. If you don't balance out this wheel, so to speak, it's, it's going to be a very tough life for you. Every time you think about... If your finances are struggling, every time you think about paying the bills, it's going to be an enormous physical stress that you feel over and over time. Every time that a bill comes in, you get the sense of anxiety. And so you got to fix that. Uh, it could be a relationship. It could be mastering your emotions. It could be that you're not gaining enough wisdom, whatever it is. And life will keep throwing lessons at you until you fix this problem. Uh, and so you got to you got to attack it from all angles. Nice. I think that's I think that's huge, man. And so, you know, because of this, you've worked with a lot of, you know, pro athletes and and you've I mean, you've helped train a lot of people. You've also competed competitively and you've created this program, MP45, which has been featured in Bro Bible and Elite Daily and Sports Illustrated. And I mean, th this thing sounds like it's like it's a pretty incredible program. So tell me a little bit about the program, because it's it's sort of hailed as like the ultimate total gym system. I'm, I'm curious as to you know, how you designed it and what the intention is behind it. Absolutely. So out of my need to find out what the heck I should do in the gym and in the kitchen, I dug into every single fitness magazine and fitness book, encyclopedia bodybuilding by Arnold and everything, just to try to, again, extract the useful, discard the useless kind of thing of what actually worked. And I would do trial and error. I would experiment with my body, do something for a few weeks, see if it worked, six weeks, uh, a month here and there of doing this type of training. And what I realized is that there's so much contradictory information out there that it was nauseating in a way. And specifically, there was so much information catered to this hardcore bodybuilding community that the average person could never in the million years do without enhancing, without drugs and so forth. So the intention was to basically 
use myself as a guinea pig, so to speak, to understand what really worked the natural way uh, and on lots of other people before I ever put something out in the marketplace. And then at that point, then I realized that you have to attack, attack to this from two angles, which is a strategy that actually works and then something that people will actually get hooked on to actually do, right? Because you can sell a product all day long, but if somebody doesn't do it, what good is it? So I created a 45-day workout program and meal plan guide that basically started out very light so anybody could sort of get involved, a beginner, and then it intensifies week after week until you are doing something at an elite level but going at your own pace, so to speak. And certain parts of it are customizable, but most of it is, like I said, you got to play somebody else's music before you can generate your own. And this is sort of a plan that's going to help jumpstart you so that Eventually, you can craft your own workout routines and your own meal plans. You could adjust on the fly and so forth, but you got to start out uh, somewhere. And also, advanced lifters, for instance, the reason why I, I mean, I, I speak from personal experience. I've had, I, I wrestled, so I have a ton of injuries that I had to deal with. And most injuries are you could be you could deadlift 450 pounds for multiple reps, like like I was doing. But if your body isn't really in balance, you're going to get injured. Uh, and I mean, one side of your body is stronger than the other. Usually, the people are righties. People's right side of their body, their right leg or the right arm, is stronger than the left arm and their left leg. You're setting yourself up for potential injury there. Or your front deltoid. You could do lots of shoulder presses, for instance. But if your rear deltoids aren't they aren't built up to really balance that out, again, you might suffer a shoulder injury and so forth. And then also, like I said, your body. Uh, there's a you know, Kobe Bryant wanted to play basketball forever. At some point, he realized my body can't do this anymore, and there's a process of letting go. So you, sometimes you got to let go of that, that powerlifting-type mentality or whatever it is, that rigor of seven days a week training for three hours a day and realize, okay, i got to go back to the basics and, and focus on what's actually going to amplify my health and my energy levels. Nice, man. And so I, I kind of want to start at the basics here just a little bit because I feel like that's where, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people miss out is in building this foundation. So what are some of the key components that everyone should know? What even if they, you know, even if they're going to the gym two or three times a week and they feel like they've got their quote unquote routine in place, what are some of the foundational pieces to really great fitness? Yeah. So there was something that somebody did that was really profound. He wanted to, he was way overweight, about a hundred pounds overweight. And he knew that he had to do something very small so that he could gain momentum. So he made a commitment to himself that he was going to go to the gym for 15 minutes a day and just show up. The hardest part in life is just showing up to something usually. So he just showed up and then 15 minutes would turn into a half hour, would turn into an hour, two hours and so forth. So you got to get started in some aspect. And that means just making a commitment to do something. So that means make, and usually all decisions, again, it's, intellectually making a decision is where the maybe if it works, maybe if it doesn't work is what kills us in life. So it's that, it's that middle ground. We got to really 
commit the boats and decide that this is how it's going to be. And again, tapping into your visualization and so forth. But there are certain techniques that you could do to make a decision more animated. And that means getting more into a peak state, getting into your body. So vigorous breathing, if you breathe in and out and you rapidly shake your arms and jump up and down, you're going to change your body. You're going to change your state, your physio. And and now you can actually make a decision much easier. You'll notice this if you do it right now, for instance, right? So it's about making a decision at first to say, we're going to go to, to the gym every day. And then it's about committing to it and setting yourself up for the success. in that is usually important. And also with diet, something that you could really do that will make your life a uh, whole lot easier is if you cook your meals every Sunday for, it'll take you a couple of hours if you Tupperware it for the entire week. So you grab like, you go grocery shopping, you grab your grilled chicken, you grab your steaks and salmon steaks and so forth. And you throw them on the grill, you put some baked sweet potatoes in the oven and fire up some asparagus or broccoli or whatever it is. And you Tupperware those meals and now you have those all planned out. And now, you know, you create vessels for yourself to say, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to eat in this meal. And then in the mornings, you know, if you have a carton of eggs laying around that you're going to cook eggs every single morning with some oatmeal or whatever it is and make those sort of staples uh, but again, the hardest part is making that decision to be able to do it. So you got to go into your body in order to change your state. And then the decision comes much easier. Nice, man. Nice. And I'm curious because, you know, there's there's a lot of talk out there around things like fasting. And you see, you know, in Tim Ferriss's new book, Tools of Titans, you know, they, there's a bunch of people in there that talk about things like fasting and cryogenic chambers and all of that kind of stuff. And it can get very complicated that that almost seems like you know some of these tools and some of these things that are out there almost seem like insurmountable for a lot of people but one of the things that i have seen catching on is this idea of fasting and you know doing the bulletproof coffee thing in the morning and stuff like that so i'm curious as to what your take is as a former you know pro athlete that expended a lot of energy on a daily basis how do you see fasting fitting into this picture for you yeah so the body is very adaptable. Look, it's built to survive. So something might work in the short term, but over the long term, your body's going to get smart and it's going to adapt. So for instance, like with intermittent fasting, huge craze, my opinion of it is that in the short term, it will burn a lot of fat. It has to because you're you're basically downshifting your intake. But at some point, your body's going to recognize and say, we're not getting the calories that we need, for instance, we're not getting the food that we need, that then it's like, when we do get something, it's going to get into a, a mode of let's preserve, let's store. It's just it's just a natural adaptability. So that's why you have thyroid production that downgrades when you start giving up every single carb for long periods of time and so forth. And then that's why carb cycling works so well in the bodybuilding communities because you're tricking your body to never think to think that it's never coming out of a diet, so to speak, right? And if you just study the, the best at anything, model the best, that's, that's always the tried and true mantra. The fitness models and the bodybuilding community always stick to eat every two to three hours. They've been doing it for decades after decades, even with the, after all this intermittent fasting. You get some you know, occasional bodybuilders and fitness models who follow this idea, but they usually don't last 20 years like these bodybuilders or fitness models do. And the reason is, is probably the proof is in the pudding in terms of this, is, this actually works, stick to it kind of thing. And, you know, you could venture off here and there, zig and zag, so to speak. But at the end of the day, those tried and true methods are going to win 
almost every single time. Nice. And if you could give one sort of tool or not a trick, but a, but a tool that people could use, because I know that like hacking, biohacking, that kind of stuff is a really big thing right now. What would you what would you say? What would you say to people in terms of being able to sort of hack this process of fitness? Um, yeah, so it all starts in the mind. And there are certain techniques that you could do to be able to get a different, again, you, the meaning that you attach to life is what's going to give you energy to do something or not do something, so to speak. So the emotion that we get is usually tied to the state that we're in. So if you could change your state, and oftentimes when you're grabbing coffee, for instance, you're looking to change your state, or when you're grabbing a certain food, sugar or whatnot, you're looking to change your state. So if you could change your state the other way, now you're not a slave to those other things. It's really an understanding, again, that real vision for yourself and what, what do I want to create for my life? And usually it's to be the highest form of yourself. yourself. And that always comes down to the intent. The intent is everything. What, what your intention is behind everything. And all pain and suffering comes when, in life when we identify with our thoughts in our mind. And inst- instead of really doing what's right, for instance, or following our heart, trusting our gut, all those kinds of things. And again, connecting to a higher form of ourselves. And, and that's going to come with just, if I am addicted to certain things, whatever it is, if coffee every day is what, what I need to get my day going, then uh, am I really at the highest form of myself? Because there is a highest form of myself that probably can get the result that I want without being addicted to this thing or whatever it is. And if you operate from that intention, that modus operandi, so to speak, now your intention behind everything sort of changes and everybody's got sort of a subconscious question that we operate by. If you can identify what that is, then you really realize that all of your actions are coming from this one thing. And then if you could shift that question to something more favorable. So for instance, most people's, believe it or not, is what's wrong with me or why me? Something of this context. And of course, you're going to have a negative view on life. So if you could change this to something more pleasurable, and for me, that's taken lots of shapes and forms throughout the years. But recently, you know, I've been able to tap in, how do I do the right thing and find pleasure in it? Uh, and if, if you, if you come from that state of mind with everything, now it's a matter of how do you, how do you grow and enjoy it along the way? Nice, man. That's powerful. It's interesting. Like you were talking about that, that state shift that we're looking for when we reach for the sugar or the chocolate bar or, you know, the beer and whatnot. And, and, uh, a few weeks ago we had James Swanwick on the podcast and he talks about being able to overcome alcohol and going on like a 30 day, uh, no alcohol trip. And it's interesting because anytime that I've done this in the past, it's you can sort of, again, like you were talking about, trick your body. And so uh, when I wanted to stop drinking, the only thing that I would ever want was to to reach for a beer, you know, when I was out with my buddies. So instead, I would have like a kombucha or I'd have, you know, just like a soda or something like that. And I would oftentimes do the exact same thing and I would find myself that sort of internal desire of, you know, wanting to reach from a beer, having a kombucha instead of fulfilled on that exact same need, except it was in line with what I wanted and much healthier. So I love that concept that you just talked about. Let's talk a little bit about 
about creating an invincible mind, because I think this is something that you talk about a little bit, and you really do focus in on on mindset as a conduit to not only achieving goals, but achieving you know the fitness and the health that we want, and, and the financial aspects of it. And you know, I think one of the things that when it comes to mindset is that we all have these these hangups, these sticking points, I believe, as you call them. And these these hangups are the are the sort of limiting beliefs, as I like to call them, that we have that are preventing us from actually moving through and, and achieving the goals that we have and the, the goals that we want. So how do we overcome these sticking points or limiting beliefs, whatever the you know label is that our listeners have? How do we overcome them? Kobe Bryant actually talked about he was in an interview with Jalen Rose, I think, just commenting on, I think. Dwayne, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm sorry, Russell Westbrook and the MVP race and stuff like that. And he was talking, they were talking about the 81 point game and Jalen Rose was like, you know, you didn't, weren't pounding your chest and you weren't, you know, pointing up to the sky. And he's like, yes, because when you get in the zone, when you get in the moment, it becomes about the moment and it doesn't become about you. And the second that you acknowledge the moment, then you're out of the zone. So that's a real micro lesson for, I think, a macro level of life that any time that you're in a process of creation and you're in a process of serving, you're in a pleasurable state. And any time that, again, you identify with your mind about what you don't have, for instance, you're always going to be in a state of pain and suffering. And it's, a, it's almost like a you know, TV station or a radio station, there's all different types of movies you can watch and all different types of TV shows. The state that you're in will often dictate what movie is going to play in your life. So if you can be grateful and you could be happy when things aren't going very well, that's a real test that is going to ultimately change the movie of, of your life forever. And I do believe that it's sort of like a 50-50 world that you got you to gotta do your part and Things will, you'll get more energy in life. Uh, things will come to you at, at, at a better level, a higher level. But it's all in the process of are you doing it for you or are you doing it for a higher purpose? And anytime that you do it, do it for you, that's usually when you'll notice and more, more you interact in, with people, and I'm sure you know this, Connor, is that when the, it's, it's focused on a significance mindset or um, dominating others kind of thing, it's always identifying with the concept of, tension in their body, pain, and so forth. So the more you get into a we environment as opposed to a me environment, you're going to feel a much more happy and fulfilled life and things will radiate in abundance. Nice. I like that, man. And then and in terms of fear, because I feel like fear is oftentimes the, I mean, it's always the biggest thing, one of the biggest things holding us back uh, in any of these situations, whether it's pursuing our goals or getting that promotion or starting our own business or, you know, ending the relationship that we know we need out of. In terms of dealing with fear, how do you take fear and actually turn it into something positive and usable? Because that's something that I see and hear a lot of pro athletes especially talk about. Have you seen that in your industry? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I, I do believe that there are sort of like five levels of fear. The first is usually is not acknowledging it at all. Uh, you pretend like it doesn't exist. You ignore the problem. You brush it under the rug. And 
that's where you'll achieve absolutely nothing in your life because it's always some other excuse or reason that you come up with. And then the real achievers in the world, believe it or not, I think are at the second level where it's like you feel the fear, but you'll act in spite of it. So it's always try to shut it down and keep pushing forward kind of thing, which is good, but you're still not where you should be. And the, the, the third level is just basically understanding, like you're mentioning, is basically understanding and acknowledging that it's there to help you. That all emotions that we experience are warning lights. Like, for instance, when uh, I run out of gas in my car, it's telling me to pull over. But I can either be depressed, that I used up a lot of gas, focused on the past, or I could be anxious and and fearful of, oh, no, what's going to happen? I'm going to run out of gas. But all it's telling me to do is take action, pull over, right? So it's the same thing with any identifying emotion that we have in life. It's an indicator, a warning light that's telling you to go do something of some sorts. And most fear that we have in life, is it's usually actually telling you to prepare for something. But oftentimes we forget to tell our brain to actually understand that we're prepared. And then we sort of get rid of that tension. So the fourth level is just being able to transfer that fear into a goodness that you actually understand that it's there to help you and that it's, it's ultimately turning it. There's really, you know, two, like Jim Carrey said, there's two, everything could be boiled down into two concepts, fear or love. You're either going to do something out of goodness or for the betterment of you and, and humanity or so forth, or it's going to be out of fear, a fear driven response. And then the fifth level, I think, you know, the biblical texts talk about this or whatnot, where you could get to, a point of where it's, you're emanating such good energy where you don't even see fear. It doesn't even exist, which I don't think any human being has gotten to that level, but you know, it's something to strive for kind of thing. Nice. I like it. And then, you know, just cause we're, we're coming in on the end here. Um, I'm curious as to, you know, accountability and how important having people, you know, that you're surrounded by to help hold you accountable to the goals that you're, that you're saying, whether it's in, whether it's in fitness or, or wealth, how important do you feel like that is? It all comes with raising your standard in life, right? Once you make a decision to understand that there's a different level, then your life changes for you. And it usually only happens when you surround yourself by people who are doing more and achieving more than you. And then you realize I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not living up to my highest potential. So getting surrounded by a group of hungry people is always going to raise your standard. And then we often will do more for others than we do for ourselves. We, we all, almost everybody falls into that category. So we will let ourselves down over and over again. And if you're alone and trying to accomplish goals or whatnot, it's very hard to do. But when you have other people who are saying, hey, what'd you do this week and so forth, now you feel like it's, again, it's serving at a higher purpose. You're out of yourself kind of thing, and you're in the process of creation. And it's um, it's highly important. You know, that's why mastermind groups, I know that you're a huge fan of it or so forth, but basically being able to collaborate. We always think that we have the truth at some level, but in reality, there's somebody with a complete opposite point of view sometimes who has a lot of truth there too. And if you can get in a room together and just come from both angles and just say, hey, let's extract part of what I'm saying and let's extract part of what you're saying and let's get to a, a real higher level ground here where the truth always usually lies, lies in the middle, then um, you're going you're gonna to create something magical, you know, what Napoleon Hill talked about a mastermind. Nice. Yeah. And how, how have you leveraged masterminds? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people, 
it's funny because I, sometimes I assume that everybody knows what a mastermind is, but, um, you know, the more that, you know, the more that we, we sort of talk about, uh, masterminds within man talks, the more people are like, what the hell is a mastermind? So how would you define a mastermind and, and why do you think that they're so important? Yeah. So a mastermind is honestly a group of two or more people where you're collaborating and trying to come across some higher level thinking, truth and so forth, keep each other accountable to, achieve the highest forms of themselves or so forth. How I conducted is a lot of times it was just me giving out information to people, which is great, reading a book and so forth. You could grow from it, but there's something very different from the process of being removed from an actual person who could see your flaws and you could be vulnerable and so forth and you could expose yourself. So I, I knew that in order for people to grow to the highest forms of themselves, they can't just be receiving information. The teacher always learns more than the student. So if you can get to a point where you can articulate a concept, now you know it way better than just being taught that concept. So the, the platform that I constructed was just basically allowing people to have a bit of floor time, I call it, uh, where they can explain what's going on in their life. They can get feedback from everybody, but then they could be the ones giving feedback and saying, hey, do this, do this, do this. Uh, and what it, it's, it's remarkable because our brain doesn't want to call ourselves a liar, right? So when we give other people advice, we usually raise the standard for ourselves and we internalize that advice and just say, you know, I'm not doing all that I should do. I can't just give advice without doing it myself. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, sometimes you do get uh, therapists or psychologists or so forth who, who administer advice, but they don't actually raise the standard for themselves or whatever it is. You know, it's like, uh, you know, somebody telling you to uh, save your save your money or whatnot, but then they don't or or fitness, you know, telling you to diet and then they don't. So it's um it's important to just have a group of community who's always really hungry, growing at super elite levels, and you adopt that for yourself. Nice, my friend. Okay, so uh, just to just to kind of close things up here, if people want to learn more, because we, I mean, we touched on you know MB forty five, we touched on masterminds, we touched on you know your fitness regimens and routines, and some of the things that you do to not only cultivate that sort of champion's mindset, but the actual practicality of the workout, where can they go find more information about you specifically? Yeah, so hop on to M as in Mary, P as in Paul, 45.com. I really recommend you, you you get into your body. You get a fitness plan that just keeps you, again, accountable. Uh, you know exactly what to do week after week. It's 45 days. Uh, it'll change your life. You know, it's only $97 to get started. And uh, for, for if you're really interested in what else can I change, you know, can I change my uh, – my business? Can I do something that I'm passionate about and that I love? Can I change my emotions, my emotional responses to the people around me uh, so that I could develop better relationships? And ultimately, what I'm after is achieving a sense of enlightenment, so to speak. So uh, can, if you're interested in that, hop on jaredgrossman.com, J-A-R-E-T-G-R-O-S-S-M-A-N.com. You can check out the stuff that I have to offer, mastermind groups or personalized coaching or whatnot. Awesome, brother. Awesome. And uh, the very last question that I like to ask guests is uh, we have this thing called man it forward, kind of like pay it forward, but man it forward. So if you were going to man it forward and you were going to recommend that we reach out to somebody or you're going to put somebody in touch with us to be on the Man Talks podcast, who would you recommend to be on our podcast and why? Oh, I love it. Um, the first name that pops up is Eli Wilhide. He was one of uh, Tony Robbins' top sales reps. He's doing his own thing right now, but uh, a wealth of knowledge. 
Amazing, amazing. Well, maybe we'll have to do that. I'll put you in touch with him as well. Incredible. I love it. it. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for our time and for everybody out there listening to the Man Talks podcast. Catch us next week for another inspiring episode with another inspiring man. 